to grow on the go. Yeah, you are. Do I usually say you're listening? I think I do. Yeah, you do. We, it's only our sixth season. This is season. our sixth season. I'm like, <laughs> how, who am I? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we've had a bit of a break this summer, so we're, we have, we're yes, we're, we're back. We're back and struggling as much as ever. Mm, yeah, and today is a share show. Yes, welcome to our share show. So, if, uh, as you're listening... Think about who you know who might benefit from hearing this. Mm-hmm. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about one of the things that causes me more distress than almost anything else. Mm, gaps in lines. Gaps in lines? That's what causes me a lot of distress. What lines? Like for anything, like rides oh, like specifically. like at the grocery store yes. or the stampede or whatever. Yes. Okay, well, that's not what I'm talking about. It's when I have a broken relationship. Mm. I, I think it's common for yeah. women to be very distressed by a broken relationship. Uh, we, as women, we care deeply, and we expect others to do the same. I, I think it's hardwired into us. <clears throat> There's some brain research that says, you know, when men face danger, they go to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Women more naturally go to tend and befriend. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, you know, mothers who gather their little, or mother ducklings or geese that gather their babies under their wings. That's kind of what we're wired to do. Broken relationships are very complicated things. It's hard to know how to proceed. And so a lot of times we just don't. We walk away. We just cut somebody out of our lives and move on. But the problems with this are, are numerous. We don't learn the lessons that resolving relationships teach us Mm. and not learning them may mean we repeat our mistakes. Maybe we go on breaking somebody's boundaries or we continue to share something told to us in confidence or our mistake might be we repeatedly keep choosing the wrong kind of person to trust. Yeah. On the other hand, we might just become more and more isolated because we're no longer willing to trust anybody. So it's really important that we figure out how to resolve our relationships. One of the most important things we can learn in life, I think, is how to resolve relationships. And I use the word resolve because we can't always resume or even restore a Mm -hmm. relationship. Sometimes we just have to release it. But if we do, we need to learn how to earn our way out of the relationship. In other words, do everything in our power to restore it to a healthy place for both people before we give up and let it go. But that is certainly not what comes naturally to me. What about you? Um, it depends. It so depends on, on where I'm at and how I'm doing and how old I am? Yeah. It, it's just, <laughs> okay. so when maturity, I woke up, maturity yeah. Maturity is a, a, a part of that. Yeah. I, I think that when somebody hurts us, we stand at a crossroads. We can choose retaliation or resolution. And, and usually when we're hurt, the instinct that kicks in immediately is anger. We're offended and we're hurt. Maybe something precious has been taken for us, from us, rather, and, and we just want to return the favor. We use our anger as a shield to protect us from the pain of rejection and the sadness that threatens to overwhelm us. Mm -hmm. 
we, we want to fight back and hurt the person who's harmed us. One problem with the strategy is that it really only feels good for about a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And then it begins to poison our hearts. It creates a destructive soul-level connection with the person who's hurt us, the very person that we want to punish. We end up connecting ourselves to in a, in a, in a spiritual kind of a way. It's sort of like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yeah. Right? I've heard that said many times. So what is the alternative, the alternative to, to retribution or retaliation? The alternative is to embrace our pain and grieve over what we've lost. And I feel like the phrase embrace our pain is going to have a lot of people being like, you are nuts. Yeah. Well, I've <laughs> a bit of experience with this, though. Yeah. I really have. And, and, and what I mean by embracing our pain is to not try to run away from our pain. Yes. Not try to replace our pain with anger, but rather to own our pain. Maybe that's a better term. Mm-hmm. And, and grieve. Let ourselves do the work of grieving. And I know that sounds absolutely horrible. And it is. It is horrible. Well, good point. It, it, it is horrible. Um, it truly is, though, the only path to healing our hearts and resolving our relationships. Um, any kind of grief, I like to describe it as tide. Like, tide will come in and tide will go out. And when the tide comes in, you can't fight it. You really do just have to let the waves wash over you mm-hmm. and know that tide will go back out again. Yeah, and I think that's a really important, really hopeful thought. Yeah. That it's not always going to hurt like this. Mm-hmm. Tide will go back out again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... Maybe your response as you're listening to this is, there's no way I'm going to forgive somebody and let them get away with what they did to me. Mm -hmm. And to our wounded hearts, that makes perfect sense. But let's just pause for a minute and talk about what forgiveness is and what it is not. Yeah. Forgiving someone doesn't mean that what happened to you is okay. You're not saying it's okay. It's not erasing accountability. You may still have to call the police or get a restraining order, or cut that person out of your life. It does mean that you are cutting the soul tie between that person and the damage they've done to you Mm -hmm. and yourself. There's a great example when you and, well, when dad was working at a church, different, like a long time ago, different province, there was someone in the church who had hurt people particularly children Mm -hmm. and and i was either not born or a baby so i don't you know have any personal experience this um but i remember you telling me that some people in the church were like well can't we just forgive this person it's like well yes we can but we do also need to make sure they can't hurt people anymore and they need to see justice served. Yes, and we also need to protect people from being re-victimized yes. by having to go to church and sit... And see this person. See their abuser. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, forgiveness is not just forget it ever happened. Exactly. And when we, when we do cut a soul tie with somebody who has hurt us, we are, we are um, freeing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Think about the term tie. It's like you're tied up with this other person. And when we forgive them, we can move on free. Not necessarily of the consequences of the other person's behavior. That may affect us our whole lives. But free of hate and free of anger. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is forgiving doesn't mean you're able to forget what happened. No. You may carry scars for the rest of your life. You can't always control that, but you do have control of whether the damage to your soul is the self-inflicted kind. Yeah. Which is like bitterness and hatred. Yeah. Thirdly, forgiveness doesn't mean you have to continue to have a relationship with the person who hurt you. You can simultaneously forgive them and put boundaries in place to be sure they can't ever treat you that way again. Mm-hmm. And I've got a chapter in my book, uh, Kick the Boring Out of Your Life, on building boundaries. And if this is something that um, you want to know more about, I'd, I'd encourage you to, you can order that book from pretty much any any outlets yeah or from my website um and then let me say this too that forgiveness doesn't usually happen in a moment no some people say they'll say oh i tried forgiving and it didn't work (laughs) well you don't just try once yeah it's a process it's hard work and it's emotionally gutting in the short term but really wonderfully freeing in the long term one another example again that I don't remember because it was slightly before I was born or around when I was born. You and dad were very deeply wounded by the church that dad was working Mm -hmm. at, like personal attacks. And it was awful. Just some of the worst stuff you can imagine. And my perception is that you guys fully, you forgave them. It took years I think, for you guys to fully forgive. And then it took probably a solid decade and a half for you guys to heal. I don't know that you guys were fully healed until I was a teenager. Interesting. I I can't say when it... Well, I I mean, to a degree, I can can say uh, when I know I was free. Mm -hmm. And that's when we were invited back to a wedding at that church. Mm. And I remembered as we pulled into the parking lot when we left that place saying I will never darken the door to this church again as long as I live yeah and when we pulled into the parking lot I was a little bit nervous but I realized I was free Mm -hmm. I wasn't angry I wasn't sad I I feel like I really was quite healed at that time and maybe there were other layers that surfaced later on um, that we had to deal with there was some post-traumatic stress for sure yeah I think probably there was yeah a counselor tried to tell me that in the at, at the time, and I was like, that's a little overstating it. But that's, no, that's what it was. Now that I've had it again after the earthquake, you know Haiti, exactly, I, yeah. I recognize it. Well, and someone, a friend who uh, is a teacher and, and has studied um, psychology um, said to me the other day, trauma is not an event. It is the way your mind processes or fails to process an event. Exactly. Anything can be trauma. trauma. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. If your brain doesn't put it in the right place yeah. or doesn't know where to put it, it's trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which not totally relevant, but kind of yeah. tangentially oh, for relevant. Sure it is. For sure it is. So in Desmond and Mafo Tutu's book, The Book of Forgiving, uh, forgiveness is described as a fourfold path, and I like the metaphor of a path or a journey uh, to describe forgiveness. Because a journey to forgiveness, or any kind of a journey, begins with a choice, mm-hmm. right? I've never suddenly regained consciousness on a plane and thought, oh my goodness, I seem to be on a journey. I wonder where I'm going. <laughs> Someone probably has. <laughs> probably. It would make maybe, a great maybe story. People who drink a lot more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. 
The journey begins with a choice. I choose a destination. Let's say Hawaii, because I live in Canada where it's cold half, half the year and I can never get too much beach in my life. So I book a flight, I pack my bags, and I head to the airport. In, a res in resolving a relationship, the destination is forgiveness mm -hmm. and the healed emotions that come with it. The decision to forgive is just the beginning of the journey. Yeah. And then other steps need to be taken to follow through with that decision, just like they do on an actual trip. You've got to book your flight, pack mm -hmm. your bags, drive to the airport. At any point, the process can be aborted if we don't follow through. Yeah. It And it, it, it really is not just one choice. It is choosing to continue the work every day. And it is work. Yeah, yeah. choosing to stay on that path that you chose to start walking. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. you can step off at any time. Once we begin, though, on that journey to forgiveness, we have to, as you just said, make the choice repeatedly to follow through in that decision to forgive until we arrive at our goal. And for most of us, there are going to be many, many times along the way that we won't feel like forgiving. Times when the pain and anger hits us like a tsunami and we're almost washed away by their intensity. Mm -hmm. But our will... Our decision to forgive, that's what anchors us. Our will is still in control. Mm -hmm. We have the choice to do what is difficult in the short term, but wonderfully freeing in the end. And when we reach the end of that road, whether it takes days, weeks, or years, we'll know. We'll know when we've arrived. And, and feeling those feelings, being overcome by frustration and anger... And, and, you know, whatever else comes with it, that doesn't mean that, A, you haven't make, made progress, or that, B, it's impossible to move forward, or, or C, you're a bad person, or you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You will feel, like... I love, I love what you said about waves. Yeah. Grief is like waves. But It'll come in waves. It does. And, um, and forgiveness is the same way. Well, and it's also like healing. Like, if you have chronic pain... Mm. Um, which I mean, healing isn't the great a great word when it comes to chronic pain because that's kind of why it's chronic. Right. Um, but so let's say a long term injury. Um, Mom messed up her ankle a few months ago. March 11th. Yeah, and it has never really healed, but you have some good days and you have some days where it is once again the size of a softball, and. That doesn't mean that you're not making forward progress, that's and that true, doesn't mean it will overall, never be healed again. That's right. The overall trajectory is going the right way. Yeah. It just isn't a smooth graph. Nope. Right? Nope. There's ups and downs. It is not linear. Yeah. No, that's a good example. So I want to look at what Desmond Tutu calls the fourfold path for healing ourselves and our world. Mm. That's actually, I think, the subtitle of the book, um, because, yeah, forgiveness can go a long way to heal the world. It sure can. So the first thing that we need to do is to tell our story. He encourages us to speak the truth. Start with the facts. Don't try to get in touch with emotions right away. Just mm -hmm. start with the facts. This is what happened. And tell it first to someone that you feel safe with. Then he says later you could consider telling the person who harmed you or write them a letter. And the final part of that first step to tell your story is to accept that whatever happened can't be undone. Mm -hmm. So that there's an acceptance piece to telling your story. And you also can't control how the person who hurt you is going to respond going forward. No. That's the other thing. No. So it isn't always the best thing to tell a person that you've uh, your story, 
but sometimes it is for some people that's very important and very healing mm-hmm. um, and then secondly we have to name the hurt so this is where we go a little bit deeper and we identify the feelings inside the facts and it's important to remember that no feeling is wrong or bad mm-hmm. or invalid then we can recognize the stages of grief and you've used the term waves which I really like um, and we can honor wherever we are in the process on any given day. Because unlike, m- most people think that the phases of grief are sequential, and they're no. not. They can, you can have all five in one day, <laughs> or one hour for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, learn what the stages of grief are, and just honor where you are in the process. Then find someone who will acknowledge your feelings without trying to fix them. Mm-hmm. I remember how damaging it was to... Talk about my pain at what happened to us at that church with an older lady who I thought would be more empathetic. And her response was, you sound a little bitter, dear. <laughs> well, I was. Yeah, there. I am. I'm angry. I needed somebody to help me find my way out of that maze of bitterness, mm-hmm. right? And and the condemnation felt like, you know, just pouring vinegar on the wound. Yeah. So someone who will try to who will acknowledge your feelings without trying to fix them or make you feel badly for having them right. that's the other thing. Accept your own vulnerability. Part of the reason we tend to retaliate versus forgive forgiving is that we we don't want to be vulnerable. Being vulnerable is hard and scary. And then the next thing we can do is move forward when we're ready. And that's to the third step, which is to actually grant forgiveness. Acknowledging that forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. Acknowledging that forgiveness helps us grow. Mm-hmm. It helps us mature. And it is also how we move from being the victim to the hero in our own story. It's taking back control. We know that we're healing when we're able to begin telling a new story. The event is no longer the focal point of our lives. We're moving forward. Also, I think we we need to acknowledge, and this is a tough one, it is for me anyway, there are no black hats and white hats. What I mean by that is that no one is 100% good or 100% evil. Mm -hmm. Now, I am not saying that there's always fault on both sides in every conflict. I'm not saying that. If you've been abused in some way by someone else, that is not your fault. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is that the line that separates good and evil runs down the middle of every person's heart. Well, maybe not the middle, but somewhere down every person's heart. Mm -hmm. We are all flawed. And I really don't know what I would have done in someone else's place if I'd lived their story. You see, life teaches us each unique lessons based on who, uh, who we are and what we've been exposed to and the people around us. I mean, if you've been berated all your life, you may have a fury that's been burning in you since childhood. At some point, if you don't choose forgiveness and healing, you will lash out and hurt someone else. I mean, I don't know what I would have done if I had grown up in in Adolf Hitler's family. Mm -hmm. I don't know who I would have become, Mm -hmm. right? We can't know. That thought can help us give, uh, give us compassion and help me forgive somebody. Um, 
Because hurt people hurt people. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to rationalize the hurt that you received. That no. doesn't mean you have to explain Excuse it away. It? No. It, it is not okay. Yeah. That's exactly right. You, you know, you may deeply hurt me. The thought that can give me some compassion and help me forgive you is the realization that if I'd experienced what you've experienced in your life, I might have reacted the same way in the same situation. There is no way for me to know. Mm -hmm. The fourth step on this path is to renew or release the relationship. This is where we have to choose. So first of all, we have to, we should try, we should always try to renew the relationship if it is safe. So we've got to determine, is this safe for me emotionally, physically, mm -hmm. spiritually? And then we need to ask for what we need from the perpetrator in order to renew or release the relationship. Yeah. It could be, we need an apology. We need a, if it's a 10-gallon offense, we need a 10-gallon apology. Yeah, that's, that's something that you've said to me. I carried a lot of hurt from my sister for a lot of years. She was dealing with her own stuff in a lot of ways. I got a lot of help that she did not get, and mm -hmm. I think there was probably some resentment there. I was also just irritating, and she was not interested, <laughs> and I had a lot of resentment for a lot of years, and she had apologized, but it didn't it, feel it like... It didn't feel like enough because it was a decade or more yeah. of rejection. Yeah. Um... You were literally the two little girls, one in frozen the door. Yeah, yeah. We hilariously we saw that movie together, and when she's trying to get Elsa to trying to talk to Elsa under the door, I literally remember doing that. So I just looked at Kendall, and she went, "Sorry." <laughs> I've seen and by this that movie. point, that had been healed. Yes, and her apology also wasn't what made wasn't what got me to the point where I felt like I was fully able to forgive her. It was your sister getting very sick and dying. Mm -hmm. And then it just didn't matter. So I don't want to say I was lucky because obviously I wish Deb was still around, but everything was put into perspective for me. Mm. Um, and so I ended up not needing the full apology from her. And I know that she does deeply regret that she hurt me, yeah. whether she stated it or not. But <laughs> it is true. It sometimes, like, a, oh, sorry, that that's not always that's enough. Not enough, yeah. yeah. And, and I think at that, the age you guys were at, um, she was not articulate enough. She wasn't good enough at expressing her feelings to apologize to you in a way that felt like it would have been enough. And I also think she still didn't... I, I'm, I, I'm still not sure she 100% understands what everything felt like. Mm, probably um, not. How can you? But how can she? And yeah. and it doesn't matter now. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, saying again, ask for what you need. An mm -hmm. apology, an explanation, maybe a tangible object, or maybe to never see that person ever again. Or for the, even for the relationship to change. Like when we talk about renewing that relationship, mm -hmm. I had a friend um, that I really trusted, and uh, I kind of followed her into a situation that ended with me getting sexually assaulted, and I didn't tell her for a long time, and then when I did tell her, she told me she believed me, but proceeded to be in a relationship with the person that abused me for years after, 
Um, and so that changed our friendship. Absolutely. And, and I've told her, like, I love you to death. I can't trust you the way I did. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm punishing you. It's just not safe yeah, for me. Absolutely. And you did what you felt you needed to do. And this is what I need to do. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a, a good example. A sad. Yeah. Example. It's really unfortunate because I do love her dearly, but mm-hmm. I just, I had to put some distance there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, When we are deciding whether to renew or release a relationship, we need to look at our part of the conflict. You know, what, if anything, did we contribute? Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do about that? Right? Because we might need to apologize as well. Mm -hmm. I would say in most situations, there's fault on both sides. Mm -hmm. Not all, obviously, especially if you've been abused or assaulted or something. Um, When you renew a relationship... It's stronger for what you went through, but it is always different. Yes. It can never go back to being the same. Mm-hmm. It might be better, but it won't be the same. No, no, no. Yeah. By renewing or releasing the relationship, you free yourself from victimhood and trauma. Like often the trauma begins to heal once we, once we resolve that relationship, either by releasing it or renewing it. The poet Alexander Pope once said, to err is human, to forgive divine. I really believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. When Jesus hung suffering on a cross, he said of his murderers, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I think that's amazing. I mean, that is the most godlike act ever. How, how do you, I mean, how could you possibly forgive someone who tortured and murdered you and betrayed yeah. you and yeah. all of those things that, that happened that, that, that Jesus biographies in the first four books of the New Testament tell us. Can I suggest that you don't even try forgiving without God's help? Ask God for help because what he asks us to do, he also enables us to do. True forgiveness is the miracle that results when the human will is empowered by divine love. Mm -hmm. We access that power by accepting God's forgiveness for our own wrongdoing. Um, 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess or admit our sins to him, to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Asking God to forgive us for the ways that we've wronged him and others, all of our moral failings, opens the doors to a relationship with him where he can infuse us with the power to forgive others and to live life freely mm-hmm. and fully. Mm-hmm. And I do think um, a lot of people carry so much shame and shame is never productive. Um, shame never comes from God. No. Guilt religion, might. Religion, maybe. Yeah, religion, not, from not God. God. And there's also a difference between guilt and shame. Yes. Guilt is, I did something bad. Shame is, I am bad. Right. Um, at, at any rate, I could talk about all of this ad nauseum, but we are just about out of time. Uh, we do encourage you to share the show with someone that you think might benefit from it. 
and、uh, if you think you'll benefit from it, we would love to hear that.、Mm-hmm. Please、uh, get in touch on Instagram, Grow on the Go Pod, or you can、uh, get in touch with Mom on Facebook, just Donna Carter. Yeah,、uh, and yeah, and and you know maybe if you share this with someone, follow follow it up with a conversation.、Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a, a good jumping off point to deepening your relationship. Yeah. But that is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst, and I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 